This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it is Ian. Nemi. And Mark. By the way, I want to welcome our newest weeknight affiliates. Big Sky Radio is now on board. They're taking the show Monday through Friday from 8 to 11 at night Mountain Time, so they're delayed broadcasting the program. If you're listening in the Billings area in Montana, uh, it's Billings, Hardin, and Laurel. There's three stations in three areas right around the Billings uh, market. Covering a big area. Yep. And uh, so if you're listening out there, then you are hearing this a few hours later. You can always call us from 5 to 8 your time and participate in the show. You'll be able to hear yourself later on if you do that. Our number is 855-450-FREE. And those stations, Big Sky Radio, has been airing the show on Saturday nights for a couple of years now. So they have expanded uh, the program, which is always nice to, uh, to have happen. So welcome aboard, everybody in the Billings area. I was in Montana, you know, ten years ago, and they didn't have a speed limit during the daytime, and you could go just as fast as you wanted. On they those changed roads. that, though, huh? I believe they did. That's a shame. Yeah, well, you know, did, do you think they got tantalized by the federal money and they just couldn't turn it down any longer? If there was federal money in the in the offing, I suspect that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I believe that's why there is that consistent speed limit, that federal sort of speed limit out there. As I understand it, there's money that goes along with that. Yes. I I know that Jimmy Carter was big on 55, Drive Alive, that whole thing, but, um, you know. Well, Sammy Hagar can't drive 55. Uh, So 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here, and we've got a lot to discuss uh, this evening, including some crazy uh, TSA news uh, regarding child pornography. Yet another sicko TSA agent has been outed. Uh, Plus, another TSA agent has admitted that their body scanner system, the multi-billion dollar body scanner system, completely worthless. Uh, So we can share those things with you. Plus, there's also a follow-up story. We talked last week about a couple guys that were coming back from a Star Trek convention. And, Nemi, I'm not sure if you were here on that particular night. So there's these two guys coming back from a Star Trek convention. They're driving home to their home in Illinois, and they get pulled over by a cop. And the cop basically is on a fishing expedition. He uh, gets a guy out of the car. He says to him, uh, you know, look, you, you know, you're weaving through lanes. That's why I pulled you over, et cetera. And then basically gives him a warning and makes like he's wrapping up the, the meeting. He shakes his hand and he's, he's pretty much free to go legally at that point. But the cop basically stops him and he says, uh, let me ask you a quick question. Hey, wait a minute. Like I, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. And then he proceeds to ask several questions uh, about you know whether there's drugs in the car, something I need to know about, etc. Uh, ends up searching the car, running a dog around the car first before he searches it. The dog ostensibly alerts on the front of the car outside of the camera range from the police unit's camera. So you, couldn't, you can't actually see the dog alert on the video. But the it's cop- interesting that the police officer... Uh, knows where the camera is in his car and his dog alerts on uh, the engine of the vehicle and then he proceeds to search the passenger compartment. Proceeds to search through the passenger compartment and finds what he alleges to be marijuana shake on the ground uh, on the, uh, the floor of the car underneath a seat and doesn't charge the gentleman with anything. Just it seems like he said that it was that he found shake so he could justify the dog having done it ostensibly finding something in the car right. and i mean how, how you can it? identify marijuana shake from dirt, dirt. is beyond me yeah. or oregano or anything right. right uh so really just questionable circumstances all around and radley balco over at uh, 
the Huffington Post wrote up an excellent, really lengthy and detailed piece about this particular incident and you know asset forfeiture and how the police are constantly taking people's stuff from them, their cars and homes and their cash. And so now there's an update on this. Uh, it's from Suburban Journals at stltoday.com. Story is by Ramona Sanders, and she is, I guess, had a chance to talk with Collinsville Police Chief Scott Williams. Now, Collinsville's where this incident happened. And so, in the face of recent national attention, Police Chief Scott Williams stands behind the department's policy of drug interdiction or stopping vehicles on the interstate to discover illegal drug transportation and the use of canine dogs for vehicle searches. Fishing expeditions, pulling uh, you know, your average American over, you know, whomever they feel like pulling over on the roads and trying to do what they can do to wheedle the way around the Fourth Amendment, which has already been chewed on so terribly by the you know growing police state. So what does Williams, the police chief, have to say about the behavior of his officer in this case? Uh, he, after you know seeing the video, says there's no evidence of wrongdoing on this video this officer did not do anything incorrect or illegal no this is ordinary that's the problem with this story is this isn't crazy stuff that has only happened a couple of times Mm -hmm. this is something that happens every single day in america is that you know people who frankly don't know the law and what whether or not they can refuse a search and what they can do in these circumstances don't know what to say get caught up when police officers want to search their car for stuff and these kids you know you say oh no harm done this was an hour spent on the side of the road probably in their 30s but you know not really kids individuals um had to spend an hour on the side of the road. Do you want to spend an hour on the side of the road after you've driven, you know, you've got a couple hours to go, you're on your way home? Anything well, to stop Mark, teens if, from smoking pot. That's right, because if I haven't done anything wrong, it's my duty to society. That's right. i got to just sit there and wait for them to tear your car apart and then put it back together. It'd be but, one thing if they actually packed things back the way they found it, which, you know, no, that they're still not going to be okay. But uh, William said it would that- still be something amazing he said so there's nothing he says nothing was incorrect or illegal while some people may think it's distasteful it's clearly not illegal he says he said also that in the interest of due diligence he turned the video over to the madison county and illinois attorney state attorney's offices for opinions on whether the police did anything questionable he said they did not find any misconduct of course so, they don't right everything's fine here there I mean, isn't the police any chief, misconduct to find the police she says it's fine the attorney general uh state attorney they say it's okay we and read, uh, so therefore it's fine to just raid through people's uh, stuff we read a, a report that the drug dogs can miss up to four out of five times. I mean, you know, the Supreme Court says well, there's a, a lot of false alerts as well. That's what I mean. Uh, false when you alerts. say miss, it makes it sound like they made they missed stuff that was actually there. I'm sorry. I, I mean that they false alert uh, four out of five times in some circumstances, depending on the circumstances. So you know, what what's the big deal if they if he managed to get the dog to alert? These are these are very highly trained dogs, and I, I had a German Shepherd for a long, long time. And she would obey hand commands. And if I would snap my fingers, she'd sit. Mm-hmm. No problem. I didn't have to even look at her. She would sit. And I, I, I don't think it's too far a stretch to say, you know, these cops are living with their uh, living with their dogs usually mm-hmm. that that they would that they would train them to, to false alert to false alert. Of course. And the dogs is also it's their job to please it's their job to do what they're told and they can tell when the human wants them to find something so they'll try a little harder and a little harder trying a little harder means false alert 
The officer says here, again, Police Chief uh, Williams says that these cases are prosecuted on what they're on what we're doing. If we were doing anything illegal or inappropriate, the state and attorney uh, state attorneys would not prosecute these cases. So it's all one branch justifying yeah. the other branch's actions here. Uh, following the posting of the video, the Huffington Post uh, article came out and suggested the police departments overall use the drug interdiction program to violate citizens' rights. But Williams disagrees. He says we're not doing any differently than any other law enforcement agency that has a drug interdiction. Program. Agreed. Everything that we do is vetted through current law or Supreme Court rulings. Well, I don't know. They are doing something different because many of these towns that sort of uh, sit out there, Nowheresville with a, an interstate or two riding through them, where they're just – they haven't got anything going for them. There's not a lot of money coming through. They will – send out more cops on the interstate hoping to catch people going through either just giving them tickets or searching them for you know drugs and that that doesn't mean these things don't go on in the inner city in new york i mean this stuff happens all over the place i don't think that they sit cops out there waiting for i mean this guy according to the individuals in the car lied about them weaving in and out of traffic pulled Mm -hmm. them over gave them a written warning and which you know if any Everybody knows that they give you tickets if you're from out of town because you're not going to fight them. So if they really, if the guy really had them on some kind of traffic violation, he likely would have given them a ticket. I mean, when I've gotten my warnings, it's been in town. When I don't, when I've gotten my tickets, it's been out of town. And that just, that's how it goes. They look at your, they want your driver's license to see where you're from. We'll come back with more here on uh, what this police chief has to say for himself and his officers. It, basically, it's just, yeah, you know, it's fine. And the Supreme Court says we can do this. And so, uh, too bad if you don't like it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, we should be able to get away with anything we want because we're the police department. And, of course, they know that the, the citizenry will back them up all the way, as we saw recently out in California. 855-450-FREE. You take control. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free here at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. freetalklive.com. program is brought to you by the Free State Project. Get together with other like-minded people who understand what liberty means. And what does liberty mean? Well, to me, it means you should be free to live your life how you want, as long as you don't harm anyone else. And... The key to liberty is that you have to allow others to be free, too. If you want to be free, you've got to give that freedom to others first, and then you'll get it, hopefully, in response. Uh, so if you want to be free and you want to do something to achieve freedom, because begging isn't going to work, uh, you have to get together with people that are actually willing to put a little something on the line to take action, to, to step up. Uh, well, the people that are stepping up are here in New Hampshire. They're joining the Free State Project. They're moving here. Uh, Nemi, you've lived here your whole life. But uh, Mark and myself, we made the move here as part of the Free State Project. A number of our other co-hosts that you hear throughout the week also uh, came here as part of the Free State Project. And it's been a great experience thus far. I was actually talking with uh, one of the uh, abused dads here in the area, one of the abused parents by the court system. And he was telling me, thank you uh, for 
for what we do here, the activists, that is, uh, because it has inspired him to get active. And that's what I like to hear happen. I love, I love it when people you know, catch uh, some passion you know, or they, they show their passion and they, they get out there and they get active, especially New Hampshire natives and locals and longtime people that have been here for longer than the Free State Project has been around uh, because that's one of the intentions behind the Free State Project is to back those folks up because we know that the liberty-minded people are already here. It's the live free or die state for a reason. There's kind of a a, a real granite state attitude here uh, that's sort of more oriented toward freedom than other places, say like New York or California or Texas or mm-hmm. whatever you fill in the blank, Arizona, etc. And uh, so to to back those people up, and that's I'm glad to be here to help with that. And it's always nice to see other people who previously hadn't been active stepping up and getting active. And of course, it's always great to see new people coming into town as well. Somebody just made the move from New York, a comedian, as I understand it, has now moved uh, into the Keene area as part of the Free State Project. We need more humor here, yeah, so that's good. Absolutely. So it's just exciting. You go to freestateproject.org, learn more about the Free State Project, and also. Don't miss the Porcupine Freedom Festival at porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. It's coming up in mere months, to like about nine or ten weeks from today, I think. Uh, it's going to be the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and that's a lot of fun, too. It's a great, great chance to meet some of these people you hear about uh, and your future new neighbors if you make the move for the Free State Project. Porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. The police. Uh, we're talking about uh, police searches and the, what are basically routine uh, traffic shakedowns that go on in towns and cities all across the country. It's just that in the cities, Mark, they walk down the street and shake you down. It's, uh, it's true. Yeah. You know, I, I probably wouldn't be as outraged by... By the, um, the the adventurism, the fishing expeditions that uh, the police departments go on, if there wasn't the war on drugs, if it wasn't for, I mean, if they, you mean if, if they were like fishing for a murderer, or something? right? If they were like, looking for bodies and and that kind of thing, you know, I still don't want to be pulled over I, on the. I, I agree on a hunch, but at that point, you would, you know, they'd miss far more. They can't plant a body, right? And so, if they're looking for kidnap victims and bodies and mm-hmm. that kind of things in cars, it'd be one thing. But they have this whole war on drugs where, you know... Everyone's a, a, a suspect. A good percentage of the American population has, uh, you know, done illegal drugs and, you know, whether that's prescriptions that aren't prescribed the proper way or whatever or, you know, just marijuana or whatever it is. So that makes everybody a suspect, and it makes them want to go after specifically males, young males, eth- eth- you know, people of certain ethnicities, that kind of thing. It it makes them suspects, and you know they could they're going to do or say whatever it takes in order to get busts because you could believe it's I, true. I mean, you know, the cop that gets the promotion is the cop that gets the busts. So if you want the promotion, and they do, I worked with law enforcement for many years, and I know what they're like. I know what they want. Um, they they want to do their job, and their job is to bust you and put you in jail if you've got something that looks like an illegal drug. So we're sharing with you the police chief's perspective on the controversy that has uh, all of a sudden swirled up around his little town called Collinsville in Illinois. Uh, it's where they stopped a couple of oh, – they've stopped a number of people, but in this most recent incident, uh, they've stopped a couple of Trekkies coming back from a Star Trek convention and shook them down and shook, uh, searched their car and brought out the canine unit and ultimately sent them away with a warning. 
but it was an, an ordeal, you know. I mean, you get your cars <laughs> torn through, stuff to- taken out. They went through all their bags and went through the whole car and pulled stuff out, etc. Uh, they, you know, it's just it's really got to be a harrowing experience. I'm fortunate that I've I've not gone through it, but I've known people who have. And I know a friend of mine down in Florida had his car – the paint was scratched up because the dog was jumping up on the car. They didn't find anything in his car either. And he was – Scratched his paint. Right. He was on the side of the road for two hours. They pulled up his carpets in the car, which uh, that's not, not supposed to come up. So they ruined his carpets, yeah. ruined his paint job. He tried to go after the police for it, tried to find a lawyer who would, who would take the case. Nope. They didn't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They don't want to take on the police department, which I think factors into this next statement from the police officer. This is the, uh, the police chief in the town kind of justifying himself and his department and what they do, basically saying that, well, I mean, everybody does this, this, essentially. He says, we're not doing any differently than any other law enforcement agency that has a drug interdiction program. Everything we do is vetted through current law or Supreme Court rulings. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. What matters is whether the legal system says it's okay. That's what they are, though. I mean, you know, they're the enforcement arm of the legal system. And sadly, the American legal system has been thrown off its rails by the war on drugs. I mean, the Fourth Amendment here says the right to people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Well, there's that unreasonable that's, that's part. Their, you know, right. They, so they think it's completely reasonable. Yep. Shall and not it's their be violated. Interpretation. It's their interpretation that matters. So to them, stopping you for an hour on the side of the road or more is a completely reasonable thing to do based on just total suspicion, based on nothing. Let's stop lanes. every truck, every car we see Oh, they do that. They have day. checkpoints. They have checkpoints. They, they have truckers. Hey, stop them and search them for an hour. They have way stations where they do search uh, trucks. And so this stuff happens. And uh, Williams, is the police chief, says he's received about 120 to 150 phone calls and emails since the airing of the video and the Huffington Post story about it by Radley Balco. He said many of the calls and emails were, for, were from anti-law enforcement people, with only a handful of them from local citizens. Who, who were calling to be supportive, right? Presumably. Or yeah. maybe there were some local citizens that uh, that had the courage to speak out. But I'm betting you that the people in this town are scared to death of speaking out against the police department because, for all they know, the cops are going to show up and trump up some charges and put them in a jail cell. Sure. I mean, these people are scary. So people don't want to sp- uh, speak out. They don't want to speak up. It's easy to speak out from Miami or from some other s- city somewhere outside well, of the, the uh, Collinsville area. And let's not imagine and, and let's not uh, you know, don't forget. Even for a second, don't forget, these people don't work for you. The police chief of Collinsville does not work for the people of Collinsville. He works for the the elected officials of the city council or whatever it is. Those are the people that he works for, and he generates money. Having those cops out there, they generate money. They're not looking to put people in cells nearly as much as they're looking to put money on the payroll when it comes to marijuana they generally don't lock people up for it that's not the whole of what they do they they're getting the cash that's more important to them for sure he says i want the people that live in this area to be comfortable with the fact he says that we do not have corrupt police officers they are doing exactly as they are being told to do they're not corrupt according to the police chief 855-450-FREE that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. They're just corrupt morally, that's all. Right. 1-855-450-FREE. But morals don't matter to the government. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel. 
the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Once again, freetalklive.com. Lots of features await you there. We've got listening options, including broadband and mid-band and narrowband versions of the show. Different stream sizes for different speed internet connections. All of them are free over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, we got a list of the over 100 great radio stations that air the show throughout the week at various different times. And our satellite listening options include XM Satellite Radio, where they feature us on two different XM channels throughout the week. And in addition to that, we are on the KU Band on free-to-air, plus the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. In addition to that, we got archives galore, all of it over at freetalklive.com. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to get a lot of that information, get tuned in uh, over there. And, of course, it's completely free uh, to get that info and to listen online. So 855-450-FREE is the number here. We've been talking about the police and their searches, uh, these roadside not so random searches. I mean, they're certainly targeting people that they believe would be more likely to be drug couriers and such, uh, harassing them, threatening them, lying to them. But it's all fine. It's all fine. Because, by the way, the police can lie to you. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, it's completely legal for them to lie. So if this police chief who's making excuses from Collinsville, Illinois, making excuses for the policy of pulling people over and searching their cars and doing all that stuff because he's saying that – well, this is the way it's done. This is how everybody does it. So therefore, right. so therefore, it's fine. And, of course, this is also the continued justification for expansion of government. So one government bureaucracy will say, well, these other government guys are charging these taxes or fees, so we can charge a fee too, or this tax, we can add these regulations. It's always been like this. We, we just, we're just doing more of the same. And so it just keeps getting bigger well, and more intrusive and more th- oppressive. Also, don't forget that this is the, you know, this is the Viva Just Following Orders excuse um you know i mean yeah that this is how drug interdiction works this is what we were doing it's okay this is what we've been ordered to do this is what the supreme court says is okay and these are the same folks that uh, you know the under using the same excuse they're not the same folks they're, they're using the same excuse under the color of law as uh, you know people throwing jews into ovens people searching down fugitive slaves and uh, you know every Mark, other that's such hyperbole it, it, is it in 1850-whatever. Mark, we moved past that. We changed those laws. We haven't changed this one in the the early 1900s. Well, therefore, it must be good. They made laws that were, uh, you know, they made drugs that were legal illegal because people could get them and they'd be addicted to them and it's bad or whatever. Drugs that were... I think it was because uh, the uh, companies, certain companies didn't like having those products to compete with like hemp for instance i'm talking about uh, things like laudanum yeah. uh, you know 
opiates and, and that kind of thing. They made things that for the majority of this country's history had been legal. They made them illegal. This is this is the anomaly in the United States history is these drugs being illegal. And they made them illegal and have caused all kinds of harm as a result. Yeah, I understand these people have jobs. You can't just throw them out on the street or whatever. They've got families and that, that whole thing. But who created the jobs? I, you know, I mean, who mean told the them? Yeah. It's a tough world out there anyway. Right. <laughs> the they wouldn't be the only ones looking for jobs. Right. Well, I, I I think that in a world where people aren't the productivity of man isn't slowed down by government bureaucracy. And you can't tell me that these people, these two people that were stopped on the side of the road, that their productivity wasn't slowed down. Right. They had somewhere to go. We all have somewhere to go when we're on the road by definition. Right. So that's uh, why, the we're, why they're going. And so it's it's just outrageous. It's disgusting. It needs to stop. But certainly the police aren't going to be the ones to stop it. And even when, you know, even when faced with logic, even when faced with emotion, they won't stop because you go to any medical marijuana uh, hearing anywhere where they're trying to get medical marijuana passed and you'll see the cops coming out and they'll speak out against it. And they'll speak out against a man who's in a wheelchair who's crippled who would like to have marijuana to ease his pain or keep the pills down or whatever. And they got they families. They got mortgages to pay. They just don't care. They don't. And it's horrible. And if you care enough to where you say to yourself, well, I don't want to pay for this anymore, well, then those same cops are going to come and take your house from you, and they're going to throw you out into the street. And if you resist, they're going to shoot you. Because that's how they roll. It's a criminal gang. If you're a conscientious objector to this war on drugs, which is really a war on American citizens. It's a war on our brothers and sisters and friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and everybody. It's sick. So one of the things you can do, because fighting back is what they're expecting. Fighting back is what they want. They want you to get violent. That's what they're trained for. That's what they expect. That's what they are excited about. They get all hyped up when they go on their SWAT raids and they pump each other up because they get to possibly shoot someone or shoot a dog or something like that, which, by the way, we've seen happen plenty of times. Mm -hmm. They just love to shoot something because they know they can get away with it. You don't train for nothing, right? So they know they can get away with it, and uh, you know they pump themselves up. So what can you do? You can't be violent with them. The laws are certainly not changing at anything more than a snail's pace. As laws tend to change. Right. You can go and testify all you want and then hope that they'll do something about it at a you know, legal level. And in 14 states or so, they have done that for medical marijuana, thank goodness. Uh, those people are very fortunate there, and hopefully we'll see that spread. But it's slow going. So what else can you do? Well, you can arm up. With a video camera. It's the new gun. It is. And it's very dangerous to the police because it's not dangerous to their person in that it's not going to hurt them like a gun, an actual gun would or some other sort of club or knife. But it's uh, it's going to hurt their legitimacy because it's going to show them for this, what they're doing and who they really this are. This police chief had to come out and say, hey, this is normal behavior. What's mm-hmm. the problem? The, you know, there's there are police chiefs all over the country that didn't have to say that this week. Absolutely. So, so clearly there was an impact made by just that one article from the Huffington Post. It's true. That's right. And every day on Facebook, there are plenty of posts to photos and stories of police abuse. Unfortunately, that's true as well. Uh, and it's it's it can be really kind of 
tiring to look at them all. Yeah, where you just no shortage of police abuse videos. There's always something new and horrific. Sometimes uh, I feel out. like you know some are more horrific than others. I'm like, oh really? This this is what you're talking about? But others, you're just gobstopped by the uh, what, what you know what occurs. There was uh, there was one this week where you know they said they a, a district attorney decided to not pursue charges for a police officer who kicked some uh, kick, handcuffed man in the head. Now he yeah. was you know this. I'm not going to say this was wow. an innocent man, but he just kicked him in the head while he was lying on the ground. Or the cop that beat the eight, eight-year-old autistic boy. Oh, my. Not familiar with that one, but it, hap- it happens all the time. And was this all, all called time. on video? And I am not prepared. Uh, I, I read the story. I didn't see the video. The beating was not. And I'm not prepared to say that every police officer out there is some kind of bad hoodlum. I'm not but I am that. prepared to say that they operate by a different form of justice than you and I do. If you kicked a handcuffed man in the head, or handcuffed Anyone. a man, and then kicked him in the head, or you tried to, you know, beat, I, I don't know anything about this autistic child, but you, you know, manhandled an autistic eight-year-old, mm-hmm. what do you think your life would be like? I, I know there was somebody that was in uh, jail with me who was waiting a trial on attempted rape on an eight-year-old, and, you know, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't go easy on him. I bet they didn't. One eight five five four fifty three is the hard, hard to feel bad about that too. No, no doubt. I mean, he's one of the few guys that actually should have been in that jail cell. One of the few. Most of the people I encountered in there hadn't hurt another person. Eight five five four fifty three. So you're welcome to share your thoughts. But one of the ways to defend yourself against this tyranny, and it is tyranny, and it is oppression, uh, is to have a video camera on yourself in your car or both. Uh, certainly, we talk about the Freedom Cam at freedomcam.net, uh, where you can go and get uh, this dash cam that'll essentially record both the front and the inside of your car so the road ahead and the uh, the inside of the cab It'd be invaluable in this situation it if could they, be if they would have had it in this situation that you would have you had have the audio the had the video would have seen what the dog did to quote unquote alert mm-hmm. if the dog actually alerted because nobody saw it so uh there's that that's one tool but also your cell phone many people have smartphones today in fact the majority of people in the united states as i understand it have smartphones if i'm not mistaken that's right uh, so there's, that means you, you have a video camera. If you have a smartphone, it is in your hands, and there's a software that can help you, like uh, Quick.com and Bambuser. Uh, these are two different types. There are other ones uh, that, that are available that you can use to stream video to the Internet. It records to your phone. It also will stream it to, uh, to the Internet and keep the video safe. That way the cops can break your phone, but they can't hopefully delete your videos. Because they're not that smart, a lot of them. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up on tips on recording the police. It's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Toll free at 855-453. Still to come here. Tips on recording the police. Nemi's going to share some of those with us. 1-855-453. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. 
where there are a number of features that await you over at freetalklive.com, and uh, you can support the show as well if you'd like. You can shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. What you can do there is enter to uh, different Amazons. There's different ones for different countries. One for the U.S., one for Canada, one for the U.K. You shop through those affiliate links. You'll find it at shop.freetalklive.com. You get the same great Amazon deals you are used to getting. It's just that Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase. So go ahead and get your shopping taken care of at shop.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of a, a collections or accounts receivable, SACL CAI can handle it for you. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect, they know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right, so let's uh, continue here. We'll take your calls and then get to the seven things that you can do to better record the police uh, or recording the police tips. We'll first go to Jeff listening in Panama City, Florida on the amp lines. Hello, Jeff. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Emmy and Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? Great, Jeff. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just I want to say something real quick about the Shire Society because uh, last night you guys were talking about whether or not it's nationalistic. Yes, sir. And the way I look at it, I, I signed it at the 2010 Pork Fest, and the way I look at it is uh, like in Vermont, the state of Vermont thinks that you shouldn't have to have a permit to conceal carry, so they don't have one. But they have a permit that you can get from them if you leave and go to another state. So I kind of look at it as the people that sign it want kind of the opposite of what a government is, but kind of like here's the paperwork that people that aren't used to that want to see for it to make sense to them. It's it's an alternate stateless nation. Uh, No, it's a society, which is different from a nation. But uh, what do you think, Jeff? Smaller. Is is there a difference between a society and a nation, or is is the Shire, Shire Society a nation in your mind? Uh, I, I consider it a society. I, I don't like the negative connotation that's attached to the word nation. Right, and it does generally have to do and with government. And I don't, I don't think it perfectly matches what people think of when they think of nation. I don't think it perfectly matches that either, but it certainly doesn't, um, you know, society is a darn big umbrella, right? Like it doesn't say anything. Uh, yeah, it does. It's yeah, a voluntary. I, I think it fits society better than it fits nation. Absolutely. And it is a big umbrella, but it's also one that's very specific uh, in that it's you know, a society of people who voluntarily have chosen to come together, which is what a society is, is people have, you know, generally, I mean, there are different definitions of it, but, uh, you know, like the society of friends or the society nations of... Volu- you know, nations, by their definition, voluntarily come together. Well, that's nonsense, and you and I both know that. Well, I'm just telling you. You that... find me a real-life example of that. Well, p- people moved to America, Right. That's voluntarily they didn't coming to together. Join. They, just because you moved to a plot of land doesn't mean you've chosen to involve yourself in a body politic. If they, also, the, the people that moved to America didn't sign any of their documents. Right. Well, I mean, some of them did. But a handful of them. of them did. A few dozen people signed those uh, my, papers. My parents made the choice on my behalf, I believe. And what I'm interested in finding out is if I can be like the guy in the UK that sued the church when his parents baptized him, though he was an atheist. He sued the church? Well, he sued the church to reverse, yeah, his reverse, baptism. reverse huh. his baptism because he, he is not of faith. Wow. Is there like a record of that when they baptize you or something? When they, sure, you get a baptismal baptism. I was going to say, I mean, I, I was baptized without my consent, I too. I got pieces but, of paper, sure. So what? <laughs> right. But again, it's, it's kind of the same idea. Yeah. I guess, except, you know, the church isn't forcing themselves on me. I don't know how they pull the water off your head, though. 
Huh? Oh, you'd like to take the act back? <laughs> yes. I see what you're saying. Uh, so anything else you want to share tonight, Jeff? Yeah, uh, something really interesting happened to me at that pork fest that I went to. Oh, okay. Uh, at the end of it, uh, my girlfriend at the time had family over in New York, so uh, we drove over there, and uh, I was in a rental car with a New Hampshire plate. So I was going uh, five miles over on the interstate in New York on 4 p.m., surrounded by 30 cars, and uh, I got pulled over by the highway patrol and uh, got a ticket. Four? And... Uh, for going five miles over on the interstate. Wow. With other cars surrounding you? With other cars surrounding the cop, The cop even said, I know you were going with traffic, but... We need money. Law is law. Yeah. I can exactly. get you because, you know, those so, people are from New York. So why was it you and not the other vehicles? Because what Mark said, probably. Uh, I, I had an out-of-state tag, yep. so right. they knew okay. that I probably wasn't going to go out of my way to go fight it. Yep. yep. All right. So what happened was the ticket itself was an envelope that you... <laughs> right. They make it easy, don't they, dude? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened was uh, I got home, I got a money order, I put the money order in there, I filled it out, and uh, sent it off and didn't think anything of it. Uh, about a year ago, I went to renew my license plate, and it said my license was expired. Was, oh, uh, suspended. man. You got so, your Florida license, uh, right? My Florida license. And it said it's for a ticket in New York. So I'm like, well, it's got to be that. So I, I call New York. And obviously, at this point, I don't have any info. Like, I've sent the ticket off. I don't have the ticket anymore. Right, and it's a money so, order, so, I mean, you probably didn't keep the receipt. They I just usually, went through I kept, well, myself. I, I kept the receipt, but I, oh. I threw it away after a few months. I was yeah. like, well, I'm, you know, I haven't heard anything from it. And they didn't notify me that my the only reason I found out that my license was suspended was because I went to renew my tag. Right, surprise, surprise. So had you been pulled right. over by a, a Florida cop, you may, you may have been uh, possibly arrested. Uh, for that. Absolutely. Have your car towed. I mean, it was great customer service. I'm glad that they went out of the way to notify me that they took away my supposed driving privileges away. Yeah, they just don't. They just don't do that stuff. I mean, they did the same thing here to me. Uh, that I found out from a cop who happened to see me on foot, and he told me, he gave me a heads up that my license had been suspended, and it was all because they had uh, not sent the notice to the right address, even though I'd specifically given them the correct address to which to send mail, and they had sent something to the correct address previously. So in the interactions with them, they had sent something to the right place, but then the second thing they sent to me, which was the most important thing they sent, they sent to the uh, different address, and so I had no idea either. And, and Nemi, you said well, you've also experienced I just this? went through this with the ticket that I, the tickets I got at the beginning of January with you in the car. Oh. Yeah. And so they suspended your license? Suspended my license last Thursday. And you'd sent money into them? Or I had what? sent in, um, I had gone down to, uh, there were two charges. One was an uninspection, un- the other was uh, not having the physical registration in the car. Um, I had gone to the state police barracks here in Keene, mm-hmm. um, showed them my registration, got a phone call from the state trooper saying, that's fine, you can rip up that ticket. Um, so I did. And then I, um, I sent in uh, not guilty on the non inspection. To go to trial. To go to trial. Didn't get a date. Then I got the notice um, that my license was going to be suspended, uh, much like you. It was an address snafu. Um, that landed on my doorstep two days before it was supposed to be suspended. So. Oh, at least you got notice. Anything uh-huh. give me a heads up. So, Jeff, <laughs> yep. what it, what happened once you found out about so, this going on? Oh, the, the story gets really good. Uh, so I figured, you know, big deal, I'll pay the ticket again. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to prove that I paid it already. So I contact New York and give them all my information, and they say, we don't have any record any record of a ticket from you. Oh, this gets into a whole new thing, because there's the oh, yeah. the private agencies or private companies that monitor the status, the reporting of um, infractions between the states. 
And I had a nightmare with this um, probably six, seven years ago um, with a license suspension in Vermont for not having a proof of insurance, even though I was insured. And again, it was um, because New Hampshire doesn't legally require insurance. They couldn't suspend my driving privileges in New Hampshire, but they did in Vermont. And trying to get that cleared up was an absolute nightmare. So I'm so sorry. Yeah. And yeah, good luck. So, what, what, ended up, what ended up happening was I, uh, so it, New York had suspended it. Florida had suspended it because New York notified them and said that I had an unpaid ticket. Mm-hmm. So governments I work together spent, like gangs. I spent months. I spent months going back and forth between the Florida DNV, the the New York Highway Patrol, the New York, all sorts of different divisions of the state, and uh, eventually, uh, you know, I work. You know, I had to I had to take time out of work because I work like you know eight to six every day on Monday through Friday. So I I have to take time off work every time I'm trying to get in touch with these people. So and, you're trying. Uh, let me finally, see if I can follow you here. You're you're saying that. You tried to go to re- re-register your car in Florida, and they said, no, you can't do that because uh, you're, you've been suspended uh, because of an unpaid ticket in New York. New York says, well, we don't see any record of that, so we don't know what you're talking about. And you were trying to get New York to explain that to Florida. Was that what your intention was? Exactly, exactly. But the, the form that Florida wanted, they don't have a form for we messed up and there's no ticket. <laughs> they, their, form, their form is the ticket was paid on this date, and this is the ticket number. And Florida doesn't have a record of the New York ticket number. When when Florida gets the ticket, they put it in the Florida system and give it their own ticket number. And you fall through the cracks. Oh my, my God! Is there more to the story? Because I'd like to hear it. If so, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, hang yeah, on, Jeff. We'll bring it, it back I've here. I've got some questions too. Yeah, we'll bring it back here in a moment. Uh, Jeff calling from Florida about a just an interstate nightmare situation of trying to get two bureaucracies to work together to resolve a problem that's affecting his ability to make a a living because he can't drive. 855-450-FREE. More coming up. Free Talk Live. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Mm, That's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can call in and talk about anything that's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nami. And Mark. Uh, we invite you over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the stuff you'll find there. You can actually control the content of the website. You find something online, you can submit it. 
If you think it's interesting, you think our listeners will enjoy it, submit it as show prep and then others vote up or down. Voted up uh, the most makes it to the front page in the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. So head over there, get interactive. We're going to go right back into your phone calls here. And then coming up, seven tips on recording the police. Uh, we will go first, though, back to Jeff in Panama City, Florida. Jeff, you're calling with kind of a nightmare scenario where uh, you found out um, parent. In a, in a kind of a lucky manner, with you weren't pulled over and told this by the cops. You were told at uh, the DMV or something like that, or car registration uh, place, yeah. where you were trying to take care of some regular uh, yearly paperwork, and they told you, oh, you can't do that because your driving privileges have been suspended due to an unpaid ticket in New York, which you paid. Uh, you paid it with a money order when, uh, when you were out there. And... I guess they didn't have record of that. You called New York up and they said, well, we don't see anything about an unpaid ticket. And so you were trying to get uh, Florida to reconcile the mistake that had been made or the two bureaucracies to communicate with one another. And that was kind of where you left off your story, if I've recapped somewhat appropriately. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what ended up happening was uh, I started dating this awesome girl named Julia about six months ago, and she works a night shift. So she's off uh, while the offices are open. And she spent about a week waking up at 7 a.m. every morning and going back and forth between New York and Florida, calling them for me, and eventually uh, going through multiple supervisors for the Florida DMV. They got them to go through their records and find the actual New York ticket number. Mm -hmm. Uh, She called New York, and they looked it up, and what happened was the cop that filled out the ticket, my name's Jeffrey Paul Scott. He wrote my name on the ticket as Paul S. Jeffrey. Oh, wow. yeah, so they got the money order, and I guess they didn't apply it for whatever reason. And uh, so I sent them a new money order with a letter explaining the name thing, wrote the ticket number on there, and I have my license again. Wow. Yeah, I'm glad it, uh, so, glad it worked out for you. Uh, you know, I, I don't want you to reveal that you might have done anything illegal, but I can imagine going to work is very difficult when you're when you find out your license has been suspended and over the course of months are trying to get two bureaucracies to talk to each other, which is difficult by their definition, their bureaucracies. Uh, you know, what's oh, yeah. what's that like? Well, I, I mean, I didn't care in the beginning. Like, I, don't, I honestly don't care about their paperwork. I I, I felt that I made a. I made a, a good try at doing what they wanted, and they fell through. So I continued driving for about a month, but then I blew a piston on my car. Ah. And uh, it was going to be way too much to get it fixed, and it was going to be cheaper to just trade it in. So uh, at that point, I ended up uh, – I just rode my bike everywhere. It works about 12 miles away, so I rode my bike when I couldn't find a ride. But Jeez. How long does it take to do 12 miles on a bike? I did it about 45 minutes. At least you're in Florida where it's flat. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, man. Well, anything else you want to share tonight? No, that's it. Love you guys. Thanks for the story. Are you coming up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival? Uh, I'm trying to. Fantastic. Look forward to seeing you. Is it June again? Uh, Yes, it is. June 18th through the 24th. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. Porkfest.com. Thanks, Jeff, for the call. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And these stories aren't uncommon, these bureaucratic mishaps where they they lose the payment or well, they don't make record of it. Or... He calls in, and then both of you have a story about having your licenses yeah. suspended. Within I mean, the last yeah. few months. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is how common this is. You're actually leaving the paperwork in the hands of the bureaucrats. What do they care if they get it wrong? I got I got a phone call back saying mine was taken care of. I mean, you should have seen... Yep. 
I had a rage fit. I'm sorry. Did in any of these cases did we hear any part of the story where a bureaucrat lost their job for utter and complete incompetence? Oh, no, of course not. Doesn't happen. Your thoughts are welcome. Eight five five four fifty free. Let's go to Francisco calling from Denver. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello guys. Um, and Mimi, uh, how are you? Oh, all is well here. What's on your mind tonight, Francisco? <laughs> Well, um, so I was recently watching a TED Talk titled, How Private School Serves the Poorest. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, TED, uh, they just hold conferences. Uh, Their title is Technology, Entertainment, and Design. Tagline is Ideas Worth Sharing. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted to recommend this for anybody who's ever even considered uh, advocating for the doing away of government schools. And the talk was and called How Private Schools, What the Poor? Serve the Poorest. Serve the Poorest. And wow. I wanted to just give you a brief, exactly, I wanted to give you a brief rundown of uh, what Dr. Pauline Dixon from uh, the research department at the University of North, Northeast England mm-hmm. um, found that these schools actually serve the poorest. So okay. uh, what they did is they got a research grant and uh, they went to uh, several countries where a significant number of the population is below the poverty line. So uh, as an example, they went to Ghana, China, Nigeria, Kenya, and India. So while visiting these um, schools, or I'm sorry, these uh, countries, what they did is they found the slums and uh, plotted a 20-square-kilometer radius where they would go look for the number of schools, find out how many government schools there were versus how many privately funded schools there were. And from there, they conducted all sorts of research. So just um, some interesting news. Most, if not all, of the low-cost private schools charge between 4 and $6 a month. Mm, That's yeah. $72 a year. Just to put that in perspective, that is 6% of what an auto rickshaw driver would make in a month. Um, in so one of those countries? Auto, right, exactly. So auto rickshaw drivers, you know, just like the kind of taxi cabs right. where people are cycling through them. So uh, even in the poorest, you know, nations, these, these private schools are still affordable. Um, additionally, uh, they found that in, in Delhi, of children are attending private schools in an area with about 800,000 people. Yeah, I've read some things about the uh, private schools in India as well. It's kind of a similar story uh, where it essentially was like a buck a month or something like that. And then in addition, uh, the schools had very, very generous uh, scholarship packages where just the, the schools would just take care of kids. That even like if their parents couldn't afford the two bucks a month or whatever the crazy low cost was, they would take them on anyway just simply because it would be a good uh, feeling that would be spread in the community uh, about their schools. It was really interesting. So I guess the question is, uh, did they address in the speech and the TED speech, why it's not that way here? Um, so if you would let me continue, sure. I can actually cover that. Great. But yeah, absolutely. Um, so what you mentioned, uh, Dr. Pauline Dixon also talked about a charity program where they were providing vouchers um, to people who could really not afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of put it in perspective, though, in Ghana, where 70% of the population are considered to be below the poverty line. 75% of children were actually attending private schools. 
Wow. So in in a, exactly in a nation where you know where um, everybody everybody's poor below the poverty the, the the poor send their kids to school private school exactly private exactly school. Um, and um, what they did is they wanted to you know they're a research center so they wanted to see the quality of these schools versus government schools right um, so they used uh, several different techniques and the first one was they spoke to parents. Parents who had sent their children both to government schools and later private schools. And one person is quoted as saying, if you are offered free food at the market, you know that it's going to be rotten. If you want fresh food, you want to pay for it. Um, additionally, uh, most of the parents actually felt that the private schools were much more accountable to them. Of course, um, it's true. For what they can they take were their business their somewhere children. else. Right, uh, and, and actually in the TED Talk, you mentioned a... Uh, Francisco, a hold that thought. We're going to bring you back here. Uh, I'd like to, if you don't mind, uh, stick with us here. 855-450-FREE. Fascinating stuff. The uh, TED Talk he's discussing here, private schools serving the poorest, I think it was, or how yes. private schools serve the poorest. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll hear more from Francisco. Take your calls as well about what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number here for you, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here with you this evening, it's Ian. Nami. And Mark. And join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for our news updates. Follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up there. It's all free. News.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting your own business, here's a word to the wise. You should probably get some incorporation papers. While we live in a world where people can take your stuff in this litigious society, it's good to be protected. LegalZoom.com can help you with incorporation or Whatever legal documents you might need, it's fast and easy. I went over there and set up a will, whether you need a patent or a trademark or a living will or a trust, living trust, whatever you need, you can get it at LegalZoom.com. They provide common legal documents. They are not attorneys, but they were founded by uh, attorneys. And it's LegalZoom.com. Use coupon code FTL to save $10 off your order. You're probably familiar with them, heard their name. Um, You can trust them, and it's fast and easy. LegalZoom.com, coupon code FTL. All right, so once again, the toll-free number here is 855-453. Francisco is on the line in Denver telling us about a TED Talk uh, that you watched recently. And TED is a series of videos that are available online, very interesting. The ones that I've seen have been, uh, and they cover a variety of different subjects. The one you were uh, watching was uh, Private Schools Serving the Poorest. Was that what it was? Correct. And uh, there's some interesting information in there about how in some of the most uh, impoverished countries, a significant supermajority of uh, the people there 
are sending their kids to private school, and the and they're choosing to do so. I mean, they could choose the government school option, but they know better. They know that the private schools do it better, and the private schools are very, very affordable. As you pointed out, for a rickshaw driver's uh, at a rickshaw driver's pay, it would be approximately six percent of that person's uh, monthly pay, and that's you know certainly rickshaw drivers are not the most skilled of uh, professions. I'm not saying it's a skillless, but you know. It probably isn't that hard to uh, to get a sort of job at that level, and uh, and they can easily afford this this level of uh, pay for these private schools. So it's all very affordable, and even for those who are true. Truly, too poor to afford it. A lot of the private schools have very generous uh, scholarship programs, or as you were saying, vouchers uh, that they give out to the poorest of the community, just to engender good uh, good vibes or goodwill out there. So there was more that you wanted to share. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, the research scientist who was uh, heading up this research uh, wanted to uh, test the quality of these schools by using um, three different approaches. The first one was talking to parents, and they had found the parents. As I mentioned, uh, felt that the private schools were much more accountable to them, mm-hmm. uh, what were um, much better at uh, teaching their children. Um, the second approach that they used was they surveyed the facilities available at these private schools versus government schools. Because the assumption that people made when they told them that there were so many private schools were that these must be schools run out of people's homes without any facilities or, or that sort of thing. Right, like a tin, a tin shed someplace. Correct. So what they found was that these private schools had much smaller class sizes, were much, much more likely to have drinking water and food available for the children. <laughs> Additionally, um, they found that at the government schools, most of the teachers were not even teaching. Uh, they had found that some of these teachers uh, were sleeping on the job, drinking in the classroom, <laughs> oh, wow. reading, a, reading a book, and doing nothing of, you know, not actually teaching the children. However, in the private schools, where the teachers only got paid on average about half as much, they were actually teaching and assisting these students in their classes. Um, so wow. that was, uh, you know, interesting. And... Um, the last and the most interesting to me was the survey of the achievements of government school children versus children that have attended the private schools. So after surveying 24,000 children in all, across all of these nations that they had visited, um, they have found that private school children outperform children in, uh, that attended government school in every subject. I wouldn't doubt it at all. I mean, you know, my my experience was being in private school. You just got a significantly better education, even here in the United States, where there's probably less of a disparity between the two. You just got a better you got better service that the teachers paid more attention. They cared about what they were doing in a way that, you know, teachers at public schools are, are, are hardened. They're calloused to caring in certain ways because. They're not allowed to run their classrooms. Uh, you know, I think I felt like the teachers were backed up at the the private school far more, and that as a consequence, uh, parents got better education for their money. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Dr. Dixon, being a research scientist, knew that this data would be challenged. Mm-hmm. So what she did is she not only used raw scores, but she used multiple methods to gather the data, including what they call multi-level modeling. And all of this data was peer-reviewed by at least three different professors in three different universities. 
Um, additionally, wow. what they use controls to control for family background, um, as, uh, choice of school, and IQ. So even once you strip away all the outliers in this data, you still find that most, if not all, these children that attended private schools outperformed their government school counterparts. So IQ to IQ, they compared uh, kids in government schools, kids in the private schools. They did better at the private schools. Right. Absolutely. Interesting. Now, well, so tell me about the uh, the conclusion. Why is it that uh, so many private schools in this country are so outrageously expensive? There's one down the street from the studio uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire, that charges approximately the same amount as the government uh, spends per pupil, about $14,000 per year. Although there are exceptions where, Mark, you know, there's one out in your town. Which there's is one like around the corner from me that charges a tenth of that, yeah. 1500 a year or something like that. So certainly some of them can do it for less. But uh, generally when people think of private schools in this country, they think of 40000 bucks a year. They think of a whole lot of money, and they say to themselves, I can't afford this. So why is it that way here? Right. So uh, some of the things that were mentioned was that government schools had only come about um, not, not too long ago. You know, um, a lot of the initiative was um, fairly recent. Additionally, most of the schools, uh, to the extent of about 70%, are what they call unrecognized or non-government licensed private schools. Are you talking about running. in these other countries? Correct. Got it. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, these schools that are serving these children and these parents, they're not officially government licensed. So I imagine they didn't have to jump through a bunch of hoops mm. to set up their school that would have cost them probably thousands of ju- in just startup costs, yeah. which they would have to recoup from the people who were their customers. You know, it's, it's interesting. So a lower, lower barrier of entry is what you're saying. To Correct. Be- become a school. You gotcha. know, there are uh, there are people that have unschooled students and homeschool students that have made all the way up to the most major universities in the United States. Um, they've you know they've they've got plenty of those kind of people in there. Many of these, obviously, unschooling isn't uh, you know accredited by anybody because it's you know you're not, you're not asking for accreditation. You're saying that uh, you know the kid will learn what he wants to learn, uh, but it's, it's child directed learning. And many of the homeschooling programs don't have the same the, the same accreditation. And I don't think college really even look for accreditation. I think they're looking for a kid and how they perform. Uh, you know, what sure. do you need accreditation for when you got 1600 on your SAT? There you go. Hey, Francisco, uh, thanks for recommending that. It's over at the TED Talks uh, website. The, the talk is called Private Schools Serving the Poorest, and it sounds like it's fascinating, and I appreciate the heads up on it tonight. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at WeUseCoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at AU.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want, toll-free, 855-453. Still to come, seven tips on recording the police. Nemi's going to share that with us. 855-453 is the toll-free number. You are invited to take control of these airwaves and bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind. You can also join us over at freetalklive.com. We have archives 
and they go all the way back to late 2006. All of it is free at freetalklive.com. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided that you're just not going to do anything about it because lawyers cost too much, well, (laughs) you're certainly not the only one in that boat. Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. And until you know the court's rules, you're fighting in the dark. Do you know the grounds upon which you can object? If you don't, you probably shouldn't be representing yourself. That's why... The you know the creators of Jurisdictionary.com created it so that it's it, this is the class you should have had in high school, the civics class you should have had in high school. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four CD course is so easy the average eighth grader could learn it in a weekend. Works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts, and they've got all kinds of free things on their website that you can try out and check out but when you buy the course jurisdictionary.com remember to use the pull down menu when you check out let them know you heard it from free talk live it's jurisdictionary.com all right we continue with your calls your thoughts kim on the line in canada kim you're on free talk live with ian emmy and mark yeah hi all three of you hey, uh, calling, uh about the hi uh, uh earlier in your show you're discussing that situation there in Collinsville, illinois yes sir where the and, police uh, are shaking people down like they do everywhere oh you betcha, and uh, as a as a as a Trek uh, fan myself, I can sympathize with those guys. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't get any uh, calls from uh, truckers uh, calling in because Collinsville is notorious, really, uh, among uh, truck you know you know veteran truckers that there's mm-hmm. a place to avoid uh, driving through there. Uh, one of you mentioned the uh, scale house there that uh, is on I-70, also in Collinsville, and that's a place where most truckers are the know. Uh, usually take a little detour around there and don't even uh, bother to show up in that place because uh, it's uh, you know like like I said you know, at least among the trucking community it's pretty notorious for being a you know shakedown location. It's interesting. So you guys uh, you you spread the word amongst the uh, professional drivers places like Collinsville, of course. Mark, you mentioned Waldo, Florida, as another uh, no go location. Don't don't travel through that place either. You, whether you're a trucker or not, uh, they're likely to pull you over just because they, that's what when they I do. go through there. I go the speed limit. I go, you know, just the speed limit. I am not going to go anything over. I'm not going to give them an opportunity. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the word, at least. I mean, I'm you know, all I can say is what's uh, you know been reported. But uh, I've heard innumerable horror stories that can come from that uh, from that area. So I usually try to avoid it myself whenever I'm in the you know going along I-70. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's just you know, it's just one place of many. But that's that's just the game that uh, you know they play. You know, in a lot of places in the country, it's all about revenue. It's actually not about safety, as you mentioned time you know, time and time again. No doubt. About revenue. You know, there's a there's a line there's a line on their budget items for how much money they make in tickets. Ask them; they know. It's true. Get oh, your, absolutely. It's your town report. Excellent. Anything so, else you want to share tonight, Kim? No, I just want to pass that along. And uh, thanks uh, to all of you there for doing such a great job. It's a uh, real breath of freedom to hear something like this on the radio. Well, thank you, Kim. I appreciate hearing from you. And uh, thanks for the info. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So let's talk about tips on recording the police. I mean, besides the fact that you should record them, uh, that's obviously tip number one. Better to record a situation, I believe, than to not. These and- are seven rules. For recording police, and it appeared yesterday on Gizmodo. Um, it's from Steve Silverman, who is the founder and executive director of FlexureRights.org. Great organization. Also co-creator of the film 10 Rules for Dealing with Police, which is a great watch as well. The rule number one is know the law, mm-hmm. wherever you are. Um, most of the wiretapping laws um, were 
developed uh, when no, not everyone had a hand-sized cell phone or even a wireless phone. These are back in the 50s and intended to protect people from spies and peeping toms, whatever. Right. Now they're used to protect the state from being held accountable. Correct. So the law in 38 states plainly allows citizens to record police as long as you don't physically interfere with their work. 12 states, 12, uh, 12 other states, California, Connecticut, Florida, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, and Washington require the consent of all parties for you to record a conversation. Consent? Consent. Okay. However, all but two of these states, Massachusetts and Illinois, have an expectation of privacy provisions to their all-party laws that courts have ruled does not apply to on-duty police or anyone in public. So if you're on private property in New Hampshire, you absolutely need to get consent. From the police. Unless it's your property. Yeah, I would think it would be your property. Well, now, hold on. They arrested uh, Michael Gannon in Nashua, New Hampshire a few years ago. Many years ago, For recording the police on his property. So they didn't realize they were being recorded, and then they arrested him for charging with a felony. And I forget what happened in his case. I don't recall how that all ended up panning Uh, out. Gannon's case, he he ended up... He went rounds with them for a long time. I know the case because they mm-hmm. kicked the door in and they took all his tapes and he, they were absolutely terrible to him. Um, but I don't know how it turned out. I'll right, because he actually out. went down to the police department with his uh, videotape, which had misbehavior that he'd caught on the the police's part on it, and he thought he was gonna you know, he thought he was gonna show them uh, gonna show the you know the police chief the evidence of his officer's bad behavior. And by the way, there's no shortage of that in the Nashville Police Department, from what I understand. No. Uh, and the, that's when they arrested him. So yeah. he walked in with the evidence that they needed to arrest him for felony wiretapping charges, essentially. But that was six or seven years ago. It was a while back, And yeah. the Glick decision has come out since then. And I think that one can make the argument that if a police officer has no expectation of privacy while doing his the public's work on the public's dollar on public property, that therefore they have... No expectation of privacy while doing the public's work, uh, getting paid on the public dollar while on your property, yeah. and you're recording them. Now, Look, as long as you tell them. And in this case, the guy had a sticker on the, the door. Right. And we skip ahead here to rule number four. Don't share your video with the police. <laughs> <laughs> if you capture video of police misconduct or brutality, but otherwise avoid being identified yourself, you can anonymously upload it to YouTube. This seems to be the safest legal option. For example, a Massachusetts woman who videotaped a cop beating a motorist with a flashlight posted the video to the Internet. Afterward, one of the cops caught at the scene filed criminal wiretapping charges against her, though the charges, as usual, were later dropped. On the other hand, an anonymous videographer uploaded footage of an NYPD officer body slamming a man on a bicycle to YouTube. Although the videographer was never revealed, the video went viral. Consequently, the manufactured assault charges against the bicyclist were dropped. The officer was fired, and the bicyclist eventually sued the city and won a $65,000 settlement. The officer was fired. Wow. It's really unusual. And it's also a pretty outrageous video as well. I mean, they they It is an outrageous video. Uh, So, you know, having the video camera is very important. Being willing to point it at the police is also important. As far as getting consent is concerned, I am not a lawyer, so I, you know, I can't offer legal advice. But the way I see it is if you're in front of my camera, you're consenting. 
And you know, like you said, if you're in public, if you're on my property yeah. or public property, and yeah. you're working for the public, yeah, sorry, I'm inclined to right. agree. I'm Here's going how- to inform you that you're being recorded because I don't want to be, you know, accused of that person not having any idea about it. Just, just to be safe. I, although someone could ar- make the argument that, like you say, if it's in public, then they don't need to be informed. They just need to act as though they're being recorded. But I do like to cover that base and say you are being video and audio recorded, yep. just it- to let them know. Bouncing back to rule number two: don't secretly record police. In most states, it's almost always illegal to record a conversation in which you're not a party and don't have consent. Massachusetts is the only state to uphold a conviction for recording on-duty police, but that conviction was for a secret recording where the defendant failed to inform police he was recording. As in the Glick case, Massachusetts court have ruled that openly recording police is legal, but secretly recording them is not. So... So are we jumping around the rule? The rules here? No, well, it just it just seemed to apply. Okay. Rule number yes. four: We were talking about don't share your video. We were talking about Mike Gannon. All right, we'll come back and recap these rules yep, and absolutely. get into uh, get into a little deeper. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. This is Free Talk Live, and your tips are welcome. By the way, if you've got some. Uh, suggestions on recording the police or maybe some experiences you want to share, feel free. 855-450-FREE. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We invite you to take control of the airwaves. You may dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. You can help support the program if you like. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Your three bucks a month makes a big difference for Free Talk Live because it helps us get on more radio stations around the country. It brings more internet listeners on board. We can reach out to uh, stations through industry advertising and such and reach out to internet listeners through uh, Google AdWords and Facebook uh, advertising. So that's what the three your three bucks a month can make possible for us, uh, among other things. Go and get the details. Get signed up. Learn about the perks you'll get access to, like the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only podcast forum and more get the details get signed up with any major credit card through paypal or use visa or mastercard right on our website at amp.freetalklive.com that's amp.freetalklive.com nemi is sharing with us uh, seven tips for recording the police seven things you should know uh, about re- recording the police and uh, go ahead and recap the ones we've that's right we've talked about know the law wherever you are don't secretly record the police and let's see don't share your video with the police now, knowing the law is tricky, right? Because you can read what the law says, but that doesn't mean that you understand what the law says. It doesn't mean that you comprehend what the law says. I'm not saying that you're incompetent. I'm saying I don't know what it the gives law you, says. It gives you a leg up. I actually started taking my law classes because I wanted to wanted to know what my rights were, essentially. Um, so when you and I were pulled over in January mm-hmm. and the, the, the state trooper said, I will arrest you if you continue recording – I know, you know, 
that's not going to stand in court. Well, uh, whether it'll stand in court or not is, a, is another question. I mean, you never know what they're going to do. They might charge me with disorderly conduct while I'm being arrested. They might charge me with uh, resisting arrest or some other thing that they'll just completely make up. So this I was is, still taking a risk uh, sure. by continuing to record because he still could have arrested me considering there's no punishment for him uh, unless I actually find some lawyer that actually cares about taking these cases on without having thousands of dollars uh, paid in advance, which thus far I haven't found that attorney. I actually called Simon Glick from the Glick decision and I asked him if he knows of any attorneys in New Hampshire that would be interested in uh, some of the outrageous violations of the free press and free speech that we've had happen out here in, in Cheshire County, New Hampshire. And he said he didn't know anybody in New Hampshire. So, um, as far as I know, there'd be no way to actually get justice in in that case had that officer mm. arrested me. Thankfully, he decided not to. But this is one of the things you have to be willing to do. Is you know, to some extent, you are risking arrest by recording these cops. Sure, but you can say with some authority if you're familiar with the law where you are. And it gets more into this later about how you present yourself and how you conduct yourself. Right, you have to be confident. Can, right, confident, calm. You know, not screaming at somebody or holding your camera out like a gun. But we'll get to that. The next rule here... All I'm saying is if you tell the cop that you know the law, that's not going to impress them. Well, no. You know what I mean? So, like you're saying... <laughs> right. Acting, they, they know that, yeah. that they are the law. Right. right. So, Judge so acting, Dredd running around here. It's one thing to, to you know, act as though you know the law or to, uh, to act confidently versus throw it in their face. And right. not, I know it's not saying that. We'll I just get, want to make that we'll clear. We'll get to that because that's covered in okay. here pretty well. Uh, the next rule is... Um, how you respond to what cops say. When it comes to police encounters, you don't get to choose whom you're dealing with. You might get officer-friendly. You might get officer-psycho. You'll likely get officers between these extremes. But when, but when you watch the watchman, you must be ready to think on your feet. Mm-hmm. In most circumstances, most officers will not immediately bull, bull rush you for filming them, though it has happened. But if they aren't properly trained, they may feel that their authority is being challenged. And all too often, police are simply ignorant of the law. Imagine that. Part yeah. of your task will be to convince them that you're not a threat while also standing your ground. There's no way for police officers to know the law. There's no way for you to know the law. There's no way for attorneys to know the law. There's no way for police officers to know the law. There's no way for a person to have read every law in one given geographic area in four lifetimes. That's right. It's just That's not physically reading it through possible. One time. Yeah. There's no way to know the law. How many people know what they've read one time? I usually have to reread the same paragraph in law several times to even comprehend what it says. Right. There's so many damn commas and ands and ifs and ors and all kinds and of nonsense. Subparagraphs. And, doesn't, and sometimes you read it and you get a completely un- different understanding of what it had to say Actually because it referred said. to something else. Right, because yeah. the words mean something you don't think they mean. Uh, it's a legalese so they can redefine them at their, at their will. In the chapter at the beginning of the... Right, they actually have definition yeah. sections yeah. in the law. Yep. That's right. So when a police officer says, what are you doing? Understand, police aren't celebrities, so they're not always used to being photographed in public. So even if you're recording at a safe distance, they might approach and ask what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Avoid saying things like, I'm recording you to make sure you're doing your job right, or I don't trust you. Instead, say <laughs> something like, officer, I'm not interfering. I'm asserting my First Amendment rights. You're being documented and recorded off-site. That's a good one. Saying this while remaining calm and cool will likely put the police on the best behavior. They might follow up by asking, who do you work for? You may, for example, tell them you're an independent filmmaker or a citizen journalist with a popular website, blog, or YouTube show. Whatever you say, don't lie. But don't let police trick you into thinking that the First Amendment only applies applies to mainstream media journalists Mm -hmm. because it does not. It does not. When the cop says, 
Let me see your ID. <laughs> in the United States, there's no law requiring you to cover, carry a government ID, but 24 states and 24 states, police may require you to, to identify yourself if they have reasonable suspicion that you're involved in criminal activity. But how can you tell if an officer asking for ID has reasonable suspicion? Police need reasonable suspicion to detain you. So one way to tell if they have reasonable suspicion is to determine if you're free to go. Am I being detained? Am I free to go? Are you detaining me or am I free to go? If the officer says you're free to go or you're not being detained, it's your choice whether to stay or go. But if you're detained, you might say something like, I'm not required to show you ID, but my name is blank. Mm Mm-hmm. If it's up to you if you want to provide your address and date of birth if asked for it, but I'd stop short of giving them your social security number. I would stop short of giving them uh, any information any, anything, at, at right. all. He says, uh, what if the cop says, please stop recording me? It's against the law. As you said, Ian, rarely is it, advi- as, is it advisable to educate officers about the law. But in a tense recording situation where the law is clearly on your side, it might help your case to politely present your knowledge of state law. For example... If an insecure cop tries to tell you that you're violating his civil liberties, you might respond by saying, officer, with all due respect, state law only requires permission from one party in a conversation. I don't need your permission to record so long as I'm not interfering with your work. Which is not the case in every state. Correct. Uh, So keep that in mind. So keep that in mind. But um, I love the, you know, saying you're a public servant on public property, you know, on the public dime doing the public's work. I'm simply recording you. There's no law against that. You guys, yeah. you guys say it's so so much better than the article. If you live in one of the twelve all party all party consent record states, you might say something like, "Officer, I'm familiar with the law, but the courts have ruled that it doesn't apply to recording on duty police." If protective service officers harass you while filming on federal property, you may remind them of a recently issued directive informing them that there's no prohibition against public photography at federal buildings. Now, if they tell you to stand back, if you're approaching the scene of an investigation or an accident, police will likely order you to move back. Mm -hmm. Depending on the circumstances, you might become involved in an intense negotiation to determine the appropriate distance you need to stand back. This is a game they like to play with you because if they've determined that you are obstinate enough to where you're not going to stop recording, because that's their first approach. They want you to just stop recording. They want to intimidate you into stopping. If they've determined that you're not going to stop... And a lot of times it's about control. That's what it's all about. Discomfort with being recorded and that kind of thing. Right. It's all about control because they're upset that they can't control you as far as whether or not you're going to record. So now they're going to attempt to control you where you stand. This is pounded into their head in police and school that they must be in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. That if you're not in control of the situation, you will be swept up in a riot. The only thing between you and absolute anarchy is your ability to control the citizenry. I mean, it's that kind of thing so of course they're trying to control you that's what they've been told every day at school and every day on the job has been pounded into their heads this is what they're supposed to do they're supposed to control you you as a citizen you get to decide whether or not you want to be controlled because they are outside of the legal protections here are you going to get them and win a bunch of money well glick did what do you get seven hundred fifty thousand dollars Something like that. One hundred fifty thousand dollars. I thought it was a seven. Anyway, who knows? Who knows what the number is? But you know, it's not. It's not. He's power, also an attorney. It's not Powerball, but um, you know, it's something. It's, it's something. So if you feel you're already standing at a reasonable distance from the scene, you may say something like, "Officer, I have a right to be here. 
I'm filming for documentation purposes and not interfering with your work. It's then up to you to decide how far you're willing to stand to avoid arrest. Yeah, this is a tough uh, this is a tough one, because if the cops are telling you that you have to move or else, you know, you're interfering, then then you're looking at an obstructing justice charge or, you know, obstructing government administration. You're looking you can at ask disorderly him where the police conduct. tape is, uh, you know, how far do you have to be back? You know, these kind of things, uh, you know, the questions, it's, it's intense negotiations. Well, right. You about. can ask those questions and those are good ideas. The more questions you're asking, the better rather than answering. So asking a question about, well, well, how far back should people be? Get them on the record and then find out what the official policy is about that. If they have one later on, and see if that uh, jibes with it. The more questions Eight, you can get, five, them to answer five, the answer. Four fifty free. Free talk live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program and inviting you to take control of the airwaves at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. The features await you there, and you can control the content of the site. Submit different items to it, stuff you find online that you think is useful, interesting, fun, whatever you think our listeners will enjoy. You submit it over at freetalklive.com as show prep, and then other listeners can vote as to whether or not they like or or dislike it, you get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up make it to the front page in the top of the site at freetalklive.com. In the studio tonight, it's Ian here. Nemi. And Mark. All right, so Nemi has been sharing with us the seven tips, uh, seven suggestions for recording the police. And this is a really valuable discussion, and I'm glad that uh, you you brought this in here tonight. I actually saw it in the news today, and it references a friend of the show, uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. We'll, yes. We'll get to that segment here in a, in a short bit. But uh, it's a great idea to get this information out there for folks because fact is people don't know their rights. They don't. They certainly are not going to teach you in a government school the ins and outs of recording the police and why it's important and how to do it and so on. And it's important because it's the only method that could possibly hold these people accountable and keep them a little bit more honest, in my opinion. The only thing that can do it. No amount of, uh, of police oversight boards are going to do it. It's I think that's an individual with video camera. Right. That's right. I, Proof. I, video recording, audio recording is going to usher in a new era of customer service in the era area of government, if there is ever going to be customer service ushered in in the area of government. Well, well it hasn't least, really happened yet. At least proper police training. Something. I mean, either people are going to become disenchanted, dis, uh, you know, surprised by what they no longer surprised by what they see, um, and they're going to allow all kinds of police brutality, or these videos are going to pile up and change people's minds at some point. I have to. I have to wonder about that, Mark, because the videos are piling up. They are piling and up. There are video, There are so many videos. It takes In fact, a you while even for people saying, to get there, though. You were saying earlier tonight that you are getting kind of. Uh, I guess acclimated to it that you you know seen so many of them that unless it's really outrageous it's or it happens just, to a friend of yours 
Right, that it's you know it's not as uh, notable to you anymore simply because it's happening so much. And despite all of the police violence out there and all of it that's been captured on video, we don't really see attitudes changing significantly across the country. Yes, there's the Glick decision where cops may be a little bit more careful around police cameras now. Uh, but all that said, I think people you know the numbers show when you when the public's polled about its government and its government's responses to uh, responsiveness to its needs and. and that kind of thing you're finding a you know more and more people being cynical in that area well that's cool and i'm glad that's happening and certainly if you look at the like you said the polls show that people don't like the federal government that's for sure they think that the so-called representatives are not representing them and a lot of people support the idea of secession it was uh, one out of five already support the idea of secession today uh, so I think that you know those are all good indicators, but they haven't really blossomed, right? There's sure. there's not there's nothing that's particularly changed. It's just the well, cops are now getting called out for the things they've been doing forever. Look at this uh, the, the the Trayvon Martin situation. You haven't seen any any real issues of uh, racial violence or that kind of thing. That I, the last one I can think of is the Rodney King situation, um, where you really had this case where uh you know people were up in arms about you know what is a disparity regarding race in this country i think that people can agree with that i'm not necessarily in agreement that this is the case upon which to to make that but you know for something more recent wasn't there just news about uh the new orleans police the five new orleans cops that uh, were all white that i don't know that people have made sentences. necessarily made that as a racial thing i haven't heard it um you know reported as a racial thing but i agree yeah 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 yes that was a racial yeah that might be more recent but you know yeah i I, what you're talking about a nationwide though yeah a lot of it doesn't get nationwide coverage that doesn't mean it's not happening that case will come along that video will happen and then everything else that's piled up there it's like the avalanche the snow you know the snowflakes keep falling and at some point or another the avalanche occurs but my fear is though that that avalanche will be violent right so like you know we've seen you don't think well i've seen plenty of video where people have been very very upset at what the police have been doing like beating someone abusing another human being who doesn't deserve it where there's a crowd of people around they're all filming with their video cameras but they don't do anything and i remember uh, watching a uh some interview footage of some of these people that had had witnessed someone being beaten by the police. I think it was at some of the May Day protests a few years ago. And they said something to the effect of, one day people are going to snap and we're going to fight back is what uh, what they said. And I, I my fear is That's that it's talking about gonna... people on the ground, though. That's not talking about people seeing a video. I don't think. Right. Well, I, I am talking about people on the ground because those situations matter. And uh, that's my fear is that you know, people are going to fight, uh, fight the police. And I think that's going to make things worse. It will. And I don't support that. What I would support as far as people intervening, because I don't like the idea of people just standing around and watching as the police beat somebody. What I think would be an appropriate way to handle that if you are going to, if you know, if something's going to break, something's going to snap and people are going to do more than just video record. Something that is more appropriate. Let's call it that. Right. What I would say would be more appropriate is for people to just intervene and stop the violence. Just hold this maniac back and you know, prevent him or her, whoever the, the maniac gonna call cop that, is. They're going to call that aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer. They're going to call it I know what they're going to call it. I'm just saying, if people are going to snap and do something, I'd rather they right. not hurt the police officer. And they're officer. liable to get hurt doing it, and then they're liable to react, uh, you know, getting you know, that sort of situation. I understand that, Mark. I'm just telling you, I would rather them not hurt the police officer in that particular I case. I concur with would you. Would you rather see them pull the cop off and just stop the violence, or would you rather see the crowd beat the cop? You know, when it comes to police, I'm telling you, 
I I think that it comes it, it comes down to video, man. I don't think you can intervene. Legitimately. I think someday someone is going to intervene. I think they are going to intervene. Oh, there are stories it. out there of of people intervening. Sure, yeah, and it does it. doesn't end well. Most ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it doesn't end well for the intervening party, no matter how. Peaceful no doubt. I'm are. talking about a, a large party. I'm not right. talking about a single person coming to try to, to get a cop off of somebody. I'm talking about where you've got a crowd of people surrounding a cop beating on a man, and that crowd can step in and do something to stop that from happening. That, I think, will be the turning point if if something is going to change. Turning I think, point in what? The, the way people handle no, these situations. Absolutely not. Most people will look at that and they say that there's, you know, the, that isn't it. It has to change in people's minds, not in in reality. Yeah, well, I think what I think should change is people shouldn't accept this crap anymore. I understand. I'm telling you that and do that, it peacefully. It's okay. For one, if you're pulling a cop off somebody, you're going to get hit. You're going to get poked. You're going to get stabbed. You're going to get hurt in some terrible way, and most likely somebody's going to react to that. I mean, that's why they're reacting in the first place is because something violence occurred and then yeah. something violent occurs to them. They're willing to intervene. Then they're going to react to that. It's and this cop is going to get violent. his head crushed like a watermelon because they've been taught all along. You are the sole century between us and anarchy. The whole Western civilization could it could come down to you holding back a throng. I know you, it's likely to be violent and that's what I don't want to see happen because it's not video be better. Video, video. It's the only answer. It's the best choice, for sure. It's the least risky, but so, there is risk involved. Oh, absolutely. There always is. So getting back to the article, if I may. Sure. Um, this is on Gizmodo um, from Steve Silverman, the founder and executive director of FlexRights.org and co-creator of the film 10 Rules for Dealing with Police. Just to recap the ones we went over already. Rule one, know the law wherever you are. Rule two, don't secretly record the police. Rule three, don't don't resp- how to respond to the stuff cops can say. Like, what are you doing? Let me see your ID. Please stop recording me. Or just stand back from the scene. Next rule is don't share your video with the police. And here we are at rule number five, prepare to be arrested. And here we have Keene, New Hampshire resident Dave Ridley is the <laughs> avatar of new breed of journalist, activist, filmmaker. Dave testing hasn't lived in Keene for, for years, a long time. The um, testing the limits take of, it. <laughs> of the First Amendment right to record police. Over the past few years, he's upload, uploaded the most impressive collection of first-person police encounter videos the author has ever seen. Wow. Ridley's calm demeanor and knowledge of the law paid off last August after he was arrested for trespassing in an event featuring Vice President Joe Biden. The arresting officers at his trial claimed he refused to leave when ordered to do so, but the judge acquitted him when his confiscated video proved otherwise. When he was leaving the entire time, he he's got he this, was moving. He's got it's this Ridley fantastic. tactic, which I love, of just slowly backing out of a situation whenever he's ordered to leave somewhere. So he's still leaving, but he's still facing them as he's leaving and still recording them. More and coming up. Slow. <laughs> 855-453. It's Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 855-450-FREE. Although you're certainly welcome to comment on the news or information, rather, that we are sharing with you tonight about interacting with the police and dealing with them on camera. Recording the cops, one of the most important things you can do to help keep these guys as honest and accountable as possible. 
855 free is where you're welcome to comment. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com has everything. They've got the name brands, and they've got them at the best rates that you'll be able to find on the Internet. They've got uh, knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, everything that the outdoors enthusiast needs. And you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. It's manventureoutpost.com, coupon code FTL. All right. So uh, we continue here on the seven things that uh, seven things you need to know about recording the police from gizmodo.com, but written by the, one of the guys behind Flexure Rights, which is the yeah. same organization that did Busted, a guide to surviving police encounters. And then the follow-up to Busted, I think it's 10 things to know about dealing with the police or something. 10 like rules for dealing with the police, Ten Steve rules. Silverman. Yeah. Both of them really great videos, really good introductory videos to how to handle interactions with the police. And they're both available for free online. So take some time. If, you've, if you're new to this whole how to interact with the police thing, like most people probably are, take some time to go watch both of those. Uh, Busted, A Citizen's Guide to Surviving Police Encounters, and then 10 Rules for Dealing with Police. Rules for Dealing with Police. Yeah. Both well worth your time. Yeah, so we're on rule number five, prepare to be arrested. And we're talking about uh, Dave Ridley, who's a mm-hmm. friend of the show. And of the Free State Project. From RidleyReport.com. That's right. So Ridley's calm demeanor and knowledge of the law paid off last August after he was arrested for trespassing at an event. Uh, The arresting officers at at his trial claimed he refused to leave, but the judge acquitted him when his confiscated video proved otherwise. And Ian, you were saying he was backing away slowly. It was a great video. Love to watch it. Yep. Now, with respect to the law, Ridley declares, quote, if you're if you're rolling the camera, be open and very open and upfront about it and look at it as a potential act of civil disobedience for which you could go to jail. It's indeed disturbing that citizens who are not breaking the law should prepare to be arrested. But in the current legal fog, this is sage advice. Now, if the cop says shut it off or I'll arrest you at this point. The article says you are risking arrest in order to test the boundaries of free speech. That's about right. If so, the cop says turn it off or I'll arrest you, you are, you know, exactly risking arrest in order to clarify what sp- free speech is in your area. Which Chances- is exactly what I did when we were pulled over, Nemi, is he was he told me that he was going to arrest me if I didn't turn it off and I moved in a little closer to tighten in my frame. Yeah, but that was, that was about it. <laughs> the, there have been people that have won cases and gotten punitive awards for doing this. So it not only do you have the advantage of creating a better world where people can video tape uh, law enforcement officers and public servants quote unquote but you also have a chance of getting a check i mean there there were some other things that were were present in our traffic stop too ian i mean i've learned from hanging out with you guys that i shouldn't open my window all the way so i had the window cracked and i passed passed my papers through that way so if he was and the doors were locked because derek J has had his doors open on him twice i Mm -hmm. believe so if the guy had wanted to come in to get you he was going to have to come through something. That's true. You know, versus dragging you out of an open window. So what did he say when he uh, encountered your window being a crack? Well, he he was, I don't think he said, think anything. He said anything. It was cold. It was cold. It was January. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that might be the reason. You know, I passed it out through the window and he's, he says, you realize you don't have an inspection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's your registration? Well, uh, not in the compartment of the car. It's It was in my trunk. Just to clarify so, something, though. They may not give you the chance to turn off your camera. So the way the article says this is like, well, if the cop says, if you don't turn it off, I'm going to arrest you. That's when you're going to test the boundaries of free speech. 
you've already tested it in advance simply by recording the cops. Right. True. There's a chance they may not say anything to you, and they may just grab your camera. They may, they may just go ahead and he just does attack warn, you. He does warn that you could be bull rushed immediately, right? By uh, you know, cop psychopath or something like that. Right. There's always that possibility. So if you keep recording, brace yourself for arrest. Try your best not to drop your camera, but do not physically resist. As with any arrest, you have the right to remain silent until you speak with a lawyer. Use it. Remember that the camera might still be recording, so keep calm and act like you're being judged by a jury of millions of your YouTube peers, Mm -hmm. because one day you might be. Then we get into the next rule of master your technology. Hold that thought. We'll come back to, uh, was that number six coming up? That's number six. Number six on the way of seven. Uh, We'll go first, though, to Chris listening in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hey, good evening, hey. Uh, Ian, Mark, and Nemi. Hey, what's this on your mind? Chris from the police state of Connecticut. Welcome, sir. You re- may remember me from such phone calls as Thorium for Nuclear Energy and the Fed through Sacagawea Coin and Bearcat <laughs> on the Loose in Connecticut. Are yes, you uh, are you getting reference. these, uh, cutting them up off the archives and putting them on YouTube or something? Are these the best uh, of Chris? Not yet. Okay. At any rate, right. I just wanted to call in and point you guys out. I just happened to tune in and hear your discussion on intervening in police action to stop the violence and nothing more. Yes, sir. Which seemed to be pretty heated between Ian and Mark, as as expected. We do that. And I just want to point you guys to a video called Houston Cop Goes Crazy, original raw footage, where a gentleman in Houston, uh, uh, he, he stops a cop from tasing somebody. And this is pretty fresh, and if you get the chance, I think you guys should look at it. And we really can't tell what happens because the, the video goes dead when they get arrested. But really, somebody does, in fact, stop the violence as best they can. And we, we kind of see what happens. I just want to point that out. And you said this is fresh. Yeah, uh, I see March 30th, uh, 2012. It's pretty fresh, yes. It's pretty fresh. So you're saying that in this video, somebody is being tased, and a guy manages to somehow stop that from happening? Well, a psychotic Nazi cop pulls out his taser because somebody's recording, and one gentleman quickly intervenes, and it kind of goes from there, and it's pretty interesting. Right. If he's willing to pull out his taser because somebody's recording him, then what's he going to do when somebody uh, prevents him from being able to tase somebody? Well, I wish I knew because the video does go dead shortly thereafter. Right. So right. More power to this gentleman in Texas. So does he intervene? In what manner does he intervene? Well, he kind of, like, sticks his arm up, and I think he might actually even touch the cop's arm and stop the taser, saying, what are you doing? Wow. You know, he stops the violence, just as you were you know, perhaps suggesting might be the only honest good idea to do, you know? Right. Uh, no, I think, well, I, look, Mark, I understand, why <laughs> you're, I understand why you're trying to say this is a bad idea. You could get hurt by the cop. I get it. And you could be charged with all kind, of, all kind of, you know, assault on a police officer. You could be charged with all kinds of things. But when the cops are beating the, the, the living S out of somebody, that seems like the lesser of the evils to me, is to have people who are standing by who care to step in and to stop that from happening instead I'm, of just letting it happen. I'm... I'm Inclined yeah. to, I, I would mm. say please watch video and check out what happens, but I just want to give a quick update, too, from coming from the police state of Connecticut. I did pass a Bearcat my, on my way to work this morning, coming mm. onto my highway exit. It was pretty creepy. I gave him a, a big old Sig Heil. <laughs> Thanks, so Chris. Appreciate that. Thanks picture, for the call. But I heads closed up, my man. phone before I hit save. I appreciate hearing from you, sir. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm not advocating that people jump in onto a police situation. I'm just saying that at some point, 
If people are going to snap and start fighting the police, please don't fight them. Just stop the violence. Can, can we just stop there instead of fighting? Because that's how it's going to be. People are going to go. They're going to go from just standing around watching and recording to fighting the police. And I think there's a middle ground. Probably true. Eight five five four fifty three. Like, hey, hey, man, just stop. Just stop. And give the give the guy the uh, the target of the police a chance to escape, and then let the cop go. Eight five five four fifty three. More coming up. Free talk live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here. 855 That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and interact. The chat room is built in to the same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's where you can go to uh, do that stuff for free. Cam.freetalklive.com. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service you've got to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software, be using them in just a few minutes. As a matter of fact, there's a new uh, smartphone software out there. It makes it even more easy to use Bitcoins on the go. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing permission from any bank or government and with no fees. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. And you need to be educated on Bitcoins because they're changing the internet we use coins.org and now thanks to bitinstant.com you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank to buy your bitcoins with cash visit bitinstant.com all right toll free number again 855-450-FREE uh, Nemi you are sharing with us an article that you found over at gizmodo.com written by one of the guys from Flex Your Rights the organization that has produced some excellent documentaries on you and the police and how to deal with these guys and give uh, some very, very useful information in these documentaries, which I recommended earlier. Busted, A Citizen's Guide to Surviving Police Encounters is uh, the first one that they came out with. They then came out with 10 things you should know about dealing with the police. 10 rules for dealing with Ten police. 10 rules. Thank you for dealing with the police. Uh, Busted uh, addresses different areas in which the police tend to interact with you. Uh, so there's like the police pullover. There's also the knock and talk at home. And so they, they cover different scenarios. There's also just the uh, the contact on the street. So the different types of scenarios in which you would likely be interacting with the police. They address that in the busted uh, film, and then the uh, the other one gets deeper into the subject matter. So I uh, highly recommend that information. But what you're sharing with us tonight are the seven rules for uh, recording the police. That's right. We've gone through rule one, know the law. Rule two, don't secretly record them. Rule three, how to respond to stuff cops say. Uh, rule four, don't share your video with the cops. Rule five, prepared to be arrested. And here we are at rule number six, master your technology. As Ian mentioned earlier in the show, smartphone owners now outnumber users of more basic phones. So at any moment, there are more than 100 million Americans in reach of a device that can capture police misconduct and share it with the world in seconds. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about Quick, quick and Q-I-K. QIK and Bamboozer. I don't know how you pronounce it. Bamboozer, B-A-M-B-U-S-E-R. Yep. Both apps are free and easy to use. It also goes on to say, always passcode protect your smartphone. Yes, you don't want always. them to be able to get in there and delete your video. Yeah, set your videos to private. 
Both of these apps will allow you to set your account to automatically upload videos as private, so only you can see them, or public, which means everyone can see them. I would want them public, personally. I would not want them private. Until police are no longer free to raid the homes of citizens who capture and upload YouTube videos of them going berserk, it's probably wise to keep your default setting to private. With a little, this is what the article says anyway. Why? With I have a, mine on private because I never know what video I'm putting up there, and I want to be able to, uh, if I want to edit the video, or I don't want it going out raw every time. I have plenty of pocket dials too, and that could be potentially, I don't know, embarrassing, sure. stupid, whatever. In theory, yeah. You know, I, I see where you're coming from, but on the other hand, when it's time to record, I don't want to have to be hitting an extra button. Right. So That's I don't fair. want to have to turn it into public mode before I go ahead and well, hit the record you button. You can put it on private and then, you know, you, you you have sort of a will with your good best friend. Hey, you know, if I don't come back from jail, here's my quick account and my password. That's cool. And that's a le- level of extra preparation that the average person probably isn't going to go through. Understood. But that's not a bad suggestion. I want that to go out as I want it to go out live as it's happening, so people can know that it's happening. Because what if you know somebody's not around when I'm getting arrested? What if nobody knows what's uh, what's what going happened, on? What happened, right? And if it's if it's public, then someone could check the you know the channel and just look at it and see uh, see what happened. I'm not so worried about crafting these things. I'm not going to be using violence, so I'm not going to be in the wrong. Uh, from that perspective, from a moral perspective, on the video. So I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. You pocket dial, and then uh, you get, there's a video of you having sex out of the internet. It's you know, I mean, there's not if it's in your pocket. Yeah. Well, you set it on the it, it, things can happen. Not even going there. Yeah. So with a little bit of practice, you should be able to pull your smartphone from your pocket or purse, turn it on, enter your passcode, open the app, and hit record within 10 seconds. Keep your preferred app easily accessible on your home screen. Mm-hmm. But don't try to shave milliseconds off by disabling your passcode. Both at, both of these apps share an important feature that allows your video to be saved if your phone is turned off, even if you're still recording. So if you anticipate that a cop is about to grab your phone, quickly turn it off. Without your passcode, police won't be able to delete your videos or personal information, even if they confiscate or destroy your phone. With the i4 and Samsung Galaxy Android... Um, Devices. That's when, not always true. When, uh, by the way, because there could be an SD card in there that it's recording to. They could just pull the SD card, delete it that way. But if it's already uploaded to the internet, they can't do anything about that. That's why these uh, quick quick dot com and bamboozer dot com. Yeah. These are great. Uh, programs because at that point it's not on the device anymore. It fo- ha it's when, both, again. when the phone when both, the phone right. is turned off, the quick app immediately stops recording and uploads the video. But if the phone is turned off while Bamboozer records, the recording continues even after the screen goes black. Great. Actually, I haven't even been able to download. I had to switch to Bamboozer because my current phone I can't get quick for right, it. I can't either. I don't know what they, if they stopped developing it or, or It what? might be through your carrier as well, because I think mine was carrier restricted that I couldn't use quick, but I can use Bamboozer. Very strange. Well, either way, at least I still have something. So there are other recording options. Uh, cameras lacking off-site recording capability are always less desirable. As mentioned, cops can delete or destroy your footage. It happens way too often. They can, but uh, do keep in mind there are undelete programs, so <laughs> it's worth mentioning here. Do they get into undelete there at all? Uh, no, not too much. This is worth adding in then, because uh, it's something the average person certainly doesn't know about their device. The average person thinks when you hit delete, it's gone. But that's not true. The way that uh, digital technology, uh, storage technology works is that when you hit delete, it just it's, it's, it flips a flag, basically. It just trips a flag on that file uh, that takes, takes up that space. It takes the first letter off of the, uh, the, the code well, name or something, right? 
that's an indicator that uh, that's not really truly what happens, Mark. Okay. But at a you know kind of a file system level, it just uh, trips a flag that says, okay, this has it's been marked for deletion. Right. You may now it's essentially telling the operating system you may now overwrite this at your at a whim. So as soon as uh, you enter, encounter a situation like this. And let's say the cops confiscate your camera, because frequently that's going to happen. It's something else you should pre- prepare yourself for. Not only prepare to be arrested, but prepare to lose your camera for several months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll confiscate- the chances are good they're not out there taking pictures with it and using it after they've deleted something. That's correct. So as soon as you get your hands back on your SD card, that is the time when you want to run the undelete program. Right. If, if the, they you deleted your stuff. don't use it at all for anything whatsoever. Right. Not one thing. No matter how tempting it might be to put that cam, you know, that card in your camera and start taking new pictures or video, don't do it. Use a fresh card. Take the other card. Or if it's, if it's like a hard drive camera or something where you can't pull a card out, do not record anything on that until you ascertain whether the stuff has been deleted from it. And if it has, run – there's a variety of free undelete programs out there. Uh, one of them is called Recuva. It's a nice, free, simple program, R-E-C-U-V-A for, for Windows. Uh, but there's different ones for different operating systems. Run an undelete program on it and then try to recover what was there. If nothing has been recorded on that uh, device, odds are good to be able to recover everything, and there will not be even a dropped frame. Now, we so. have another friend of the Liberty Movement here cited in this article, Carlos Miller. So Miami-based, yeah, yeah, Miami-based photojournalism, photojournalism activist and writer of the popular Photography is Not a Crime blog. While he carries a professional... Also, and, heck of a nice guy. Yeah, he, he is. Um, while he carries a professional and Canon XA10 in the field, he says, I never leave home without a flip camera on a belt pouch. It's a very decent camera that's easier to carry around. Carlos Miller's got like a camera on his belt pouch. He's got his cell phone. He's got a camera yeah. around his... He's got like one around he's his ankle, like sounds. a gun. I mean, this guy has got cameras <laughs> everywhere. So it says, just to give you some prices, the top of the line flip Ultra HD starts at $178, but earlier models are available for $60 on Amazon. All flip models have one button recording, allows you to pull it out of your pocket and shoot within seconds. The built-in USB lets you upload to YouTube or other sharing sites through your PC. There's more coming up, right? We have one more? One, one more. One more suggestion for how to deal with recording the cops. And I have an additional rule, rule number eight. So I'm not sure what number seven is going to be. We'll see if it's the same one. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You're welcome to add your suggestions to this as well or share your experiences. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for your call, your thoughts. If you make the call now to 1 855 450 free, it's the SACL CAI toll free line. 855 450 3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. Freetalklive.com. Tonight here with you, it's Ian, Nemi, and Mark. And if you want to support the show, you can do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll learn how to get a free bumper sticker. You can download web graphics uh, for your website. You can download high-res graphics for whatever you want to use them for. And a variety of other things. Go to promote. 
www.freetalklive.com. Nemi has been sharing with us, uh, and we've been expounding upon the suggestions from Flex Your Rights and Gizmodo.com on how to record the police, best practices yep. for recording the police. Seven rules for recording police. Yes, it's good stuff. We are at rule number seven. Don't point your camera like a gun. Mm, yeah, bad idea. When filming police, you always want to avoid an, an aggressive posture to do this. Um, Justin Holmes, who cited earlier in the article, he says he keeps his strap-supported camera close to his body at waist level. This way, you can hold a conversation while maintaining eye contact, quickly glance, glancing at the viewfinder to make sure he's getting a good shot. Obviously, those recording with a smartphone lack, lack the angled viewfinder, but you can get a satisfactory shot while holding your device at waist level, tilting it upward a few degrees. This posture might feel awkward at first, but it's noticeably, noticeably less confrontational than holding the camera between you and the officer's face. Yeah, this is one of the suggestions that was made uh, to a recent videographer up here in Keene uh, about how to best, uh, I guess, keep a situation calm. Mm. And the suggestion was that if the camera is blocking your eye contact with the person, that it makes it less personal, and so therefore it's... Uh, more of a likely to be a volatile situation. This is a pretty good tip, too. Also try to be in control of your camera before an officer approaches. You want to avoid suddenly grasping for it. If a cop thinks you're reaching for a gun, you could get shot. There have been times when police have said, I thought he was holding a gun. When no. they're talking about a camera. Yep, absolutely. preposterous. Or candy bar. Right. You know, and and the final word is becoming a hero. If you've recently been arrested or charged with a crime after recording police, contact a lawyer with your state's ACLU chapter for advice as soon as possible. And additionally, advises do not publicly upload your video before then. You may also contact Flex Your Rights via Facebook or Twitter. They're not a law firm, but Steve Silverman says, as the founder and executive director, he'll do his best to help you. If your case is strong, the ACLU might take offer to take you on as a litigant. I can tell you the ACLU has never responded to my inquiry. I've had good experiences with the ACLU. So it's not necessarily on this, but but I'm not going to wait. Yeah. If I've got video, it's going online ASAP. Okay. If you accept to make a case, you you your brave stand could forever, like Glick, change the way the police treat citizens asserting their First Amendment right to record police. This path is not for fools, and it might disrupt your life. But the next time you see police in action, don't forget that a powerful tool for truth and justice might literally be in your hands. Well, we've talked certainly about how risk is involved in activism, and this is one of them. I mean, anytime you're dealing with the police, you're going to be at risk. Uh, the camera can help, I think, mitigate that risk. It can help protect you, like our friend Adamo Freeman from CopBlock.org recorded his interaction with uh, Judge Burke here in Keene, where he asked him a series of questions as he was walking into work one morning, was arrested on felony charges, and then those charges were dropped. Odds are good those charges never would have been dropped had he not been holding a video camera right. that whole time. Had that video never made it to the light of day, our friend Adamo may be sitting in a prison cell for so-called improper influence charges on the allegation that he threatened the judge, which, of course, he didn't do, as the video clearly shows. That's right. So the, these video uh, instances can really help you out. It is so important. Yes, there is an increased risk. You may, as I mentioned before, come across some crazy cop who's going to attack you uh, physically over having a camera. Treat you as an enemy of the state anyway and give you every single ticket he possibly can. But that cop may have done something awful to you anyway, whether or not you had the camera 
either way. I think that uh, odds, you know, on the uh, the long run, having a camera, using a camera is going to be better for your safety and the safety of the people around you as well than not doing anything and just standing and watching as the police continue to abuse people or the police abuse you. But I had rule number eight uh, that I wanted to That's add right. to this. You'd mentioned knowing your equipment's really important. And I had a, a situation recently where even though I know my equipment, I know how to use it, I blew it. And I had accidentally I'd been I'd used the SD card to transfer some files on a computer, so I'd filled the card uh, full of files, mm-hmm. and I'd you know spaced out. I confused one card for another, and I put the card that was full in the camera. I didn't know that, and the, when I found out about it was as I was running with the camera oh, no. to try to record Derek J being beaten by the police across the street from the LRN.FM studios. And so I'm, you know, flipping my camera open as I'm running over. I'm like, oh, crap, the card's full. So then I had to, you know, and, I, you know, adrenaline's rushing. So I'm shaking a little bit as I'm trying to, like, you know, push these little buttons on the camera to get it to format the card. And it took me a good minute uh, or so to actually, you know, get the card formatted, get it so I could then record. So rule number eight is have other people around with cameras, uh, preferably wherever you are. Uh, be in a place where you have multiple cameras. So when something goes wrong, this is why cards. Carlos Miller has two or three cameras on him at all times because he knows there's a chance that flip that flip camera he has is going to fail uh, or the phone's not going to work or, you know, something's going to go wrong at some point. The more you use technology, the more likely something's, something's going to break right. or something's not going to work right or, or as you were expecting it to. And so if you can plan for that in advance – Either be having, by having more than one camera on you or by having other people in the vicinity with cameras, that can mitigate that factor. So even though I was standing there with my camera fiddling around trying to get the card to format so I'd have room to record on it, uh, which would have been the fastest way to do it rather than going and trying to delete video indi- videos individually. So uh, while I was standing there fiddling and doing that, Cecilia, who's also a, f- a Free State Project or Liberty activist uh, up here in the, the Keene area, she already had her camera out. She was already rolling. Pete, uh, Pete Air from Coplock.org, he had uh, arrived on the scene uh, by that time as well. I mean, all of us literally came out from different locations and had uh, these video cameras rolling. Yeah. So the fact that there were other people there meant that, that that video was basically completely covered. It didn't matter that I screwed up because we had it covered. So that's rule number eight is get be in a place where you can call for backup or where backup's already going to be there, where it's likely uh, to be nearby. And of course, that's here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, where there's an intentional community or of the Shire Society, where there's an intentional community of people that love freedom enough to actually do this stuff. They don't just talk about it. They actually do it. They put their freedom on the line, each and every one of them. Every time you record a cop, your freedom's on the line. And I don't want to scare you away from no, it. That's true. I don't want to tell you, don't, you know, well, be afraid. No, that you shouldn't be afraid. Like you were saying earlier, be confident about yeah. what you're doing. Know that what you're doing is the right thing. And also be clear. Like, I'm not, I'm not telling everybody you're going to win the lottery or anything like that, but people have won money because police officers have uh, violated their First Amendment rights to record them. So, yes, you could end up in a jail cell and you could win some money in a court case, too. In theory, you could. 
And I would love to see that happen uh, with some of the activists here who have been harassed by the police for recording. Unfortunately, these are not quick things, right? So like the the Glick case took several years to come around. And there are some people here in New Hampshire who had their uh, their cameras confiscated by the police and were arrested uh, in a little little town called Weir, New Hampshire. Uh, and I, I believe there's a countersuit in one of their cases, but I haven't heard any updates on the status of, uh, of said countersuit. It took so. them a long time to get their phones back. Months that and I months know. and months and months. And I know. Months. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anything else you guys feel like adding to this no, discussion? No, feel, this is it. I feel That's like it's all I have. Yeah, it's been pretty comprehensive. Yep. Uh, we've definitely uh, given you the rundown on uh, the things to do or not to do when recording the police. So if you've got anything to add... Because I don't, you know, maybe we missed something here. 855-450-FREE, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, you can call any time on I this. think the single best thing that you can have uh, is a camera in one of these circumstances. And I think that the the smartphone with the automatic upload to the internet thing, mm-hmm. the you know, the quick.com or was it Bambooser? Bambooser. Bambooser, whatever it is. Um, you know, the, those things are great things to have. And they're useful for other places in your life, too. Sure. Because you Jack's know, birthday party. He does something silly or whatever. You can pull I, out the camera. I feel like you can handle. Um, you can handle even violent people in other circumstances. If somebody's trying to rob you, you don't happen to have a gun on you. You don't want to carry a gun or something like that. Look, man, you're being uploaded to the internet right now. I've got the option of it's being an interesting. Idea. I'd advise against. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's because you carry a gun. Well, that's right? true. Yes. <laughs> like, your choice is shoot him in the face. That's right. Uh, but I don't think a robbery deserves... I mean, if it's an unarmed robbery, I don't think it deserves... That's an option that she face. has. It is not an option that the average person who's not carrying a gun yeah. necessarily has. But you can or say... Or if you're in New York City where you can't carry a look, gun. Look, man, yeah. I've already got your face on the internet. Now, I can choose to share this or not share this. My friend has the vid- has the the password. I don't think that's a smart idea. Bah! You get yeah. jacked. Yeah, <laughs> you get your jacked. Phone. Your phone's gone. Then and you might get... Sh- Shot. Then they then I've got their name. Just give them the fifty I've, bucks I've and let them go. Yep. I well, who knows if it's fifty bucks? Who knows what the circumstances? I hear you. We're out of time for tonight, but tomorrow night we'll be back. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.